You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Final hour on this Wednesday. We've been all over the map here today. Started the show by talking about ESPN's 74 greatest players, NBA history. I'm not sure the criteria, what they came up with. These are the guidelines, who you're going to vote, where you're going to vote them. Michael Jordan is one, LeBron's two, Kareem three, Bill Russell four, Magic Johnson five, Wilt Chamberlain six, Larry Bird seven, Tim Duncan eight, Kobe Bryant nine, and Shaquille O'Neal is ten. I had problems with a couple of rankings here, but it still goes back to I don't know what it's based upon. If it's is the trump card winning? Because it feels like when you win, you're going to be higher on the list. Bill Russell is high on the list. He won. Greatest winner in NBA history. Greatest winner in team sports history. He's in the top five. Is it based on ability? Is it based on what you did individually? If I took away the postseason, how would these rankings look? So it's, it's fun. It, it uh, you know, burns a little bit of time here. But... If you, if you do take it seriously, which I do, and maybe I'm in the minority, I was really bothered by ESPN's college basketball rankings. Greatest player of all time. Because Michael Jordan is not the greatest college basketball player of all time. He's in the conversation, but he's, there's, there's others that were better. And that was it. If we're going to have a list and then, you know, I, I always feel like my job is impart my wisdom, you know, the history of what I've done and been around these players. So you do get a, a better sense of somebody saw somebody play. Somebody covered somebody. And I would listen. I would defer to Bob Ryan if he was going to tell me about the greatness of Casey Jones or Bill Russell or Sam Jones with the Boston Celtics. I mean, I would listen. And I would, I would be stupid to not listen to them. And you're looking at guys who didn't play well in the postseason or didn't have championships, but they were great during the regular season. It's a, it's a fun debate, uh, but it goes back to what I said when I started the show. I always feel like I'm tearing down somebody by promoting somebody. Because if I say Bill Russell is not the third best basketball player of all time. Now, for just saying how well you played basketball, he's not the third or fourth best player. He's not. Greatest team player? Yes. Best best resume? Absolutely. And I think Russ, what is he, 86 now? I think Bill Russell's 86. But uh, he was number four on the list. Okay. You want to put Magic in there? Absolutely. You know, put him at five. You know, Wilt is in there at six. Tim Duncan. At, but if I just said this is regular season, if this is just based off your basketball ability, Bill Russell's not in there. Is Tim Duncan eighth on the all-time list? If it's just basketball ability, Shaq is 10. Just based on basketball ability. If I just took that, let's take away championships now, just basketball ability. This list is is very different. And if you had to start your team, let's say I took Michael Jordan out of this. You get three players, start your team, all time. And let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, What's the rationale? You just... You get three players. Now, can we take the same three players? Because I don't, I don't want to do a snake draft where all of a sudden, you know, I'm taking Kawhi Leonard, even though Kawhi would be a nice player. But um, let's take Jordan out of it. You got three players. 
Paulie, I'll start with you. You got three players. Start your team. All time. My rationale is trying to win. Okay. Larry Bird, Akeem Olajuwon, and Kobe Bryant. Okay. Seton O'Connor. Uh, man, it's tough to me for me to not start my team with LeBron. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Shaquille O'Neal. Dan Patrick. And then I want to throw in Steph Curry, but uh, yeah, I think I will. You can. Yeah. McLovin? Oh, man, I'm feeling for both you guys because I'm, I'm picturing today's game outside-oriented LeBron with Steph Curry and Larry Bird because LeBron would drive in and kick out to those guys. Oh, my God, unstoppable. Um. I I love Kareem. <laughs> like I just I, I Kareem would play and dominate in today's game as well. Um LeBron. Yeah, I'm trying we're playing today's game, today's rules. I think is that what we've uh, stumbled upon here? Cuz if that's the case, Steph Curry just went up the list. Um I'm going to have LeBron in there. Um so you you have Kareem and LeBron, and you have one more spot on your roster. I would I would do Steph Curry. I I, I want I want the best center. Now you, we can have an argument here, but I got the best center. I got the best shooter of all time, and I've got maybe the best all around player of all time, or at least LeBron's in the conversation. Don't want to upset anybody in Chicago here. LeBron is and a great facilitator. So he can he can do what I, I need him to do. Um, and he's he's more athletic than Bird. You know, would I love to see Bird in today's NBA? That would be great. But I'll, I'll go LeBron, and I'll go Kareem, and I'll go Steph. Fritzy? I had the names of Magic, Kareem, and Shaq down. All three crossed out. I'm going with Kobe, Bird, LeBron. Hmm, Okay. Almost went Kareem thinking that I needed to have that big man, but uh, because of what's going on in recent years in the NBA, it's a little less important. So Kobe Bird and King James. Yeah, but this is another thing. I know that we love the three and the volume of threes. If I have the guy down low who I'm guaranteed to, to score, he, he, he'll get 40 points if I want him to because nobody will stop Kareem. There, there's nobody today. There's no rim protectors today. And so I, I know that I'm getting points there. I got Steph who's going to shoot threes. And then I got LeBron who's going to do everything else. Yes, McLove. So I know late career Kareem who is slower. Could he yeah. run the floor early on? Because if he can run the floor, that's the, if, was he a good like getting up and down guy? Yeah. I mean, you're getting them in their prime. It's not like you're getting the magic is going to resuscitate Kareem years. This is, if I said I had Lou Alcindor, when he was with Milwaukee, I mean, Shaq's a beast. Um, but I, I would be taking, I just think when, if people saw Lou Alcindor, because this is when Wilt, 1970. So Kareem comes in and at the big deal is Wilt. Oh, he's going to show the rookie. Oh, man. This was, this was the changing of the guards where you went, uh, Wilt, not anymore. Luau Sindor was something the NBA had never seen. 
Wilt was a powerful guy. Kareem was a graceful guy. But he was also rebounding block shots. I mean, he would put up 30 and 16. Those were his averages. Now, I know Wilt, but Wilt would not have gotten away with that against Luau Sindor. Wilt would have got, or Kareem would have gotten away with that against everybody that Wilt played against. And, and Wilt played against some pretty good big men. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't think people understand what Kareem did when he was at UCLA, when he first got to the Bucs. Like, he won the title. It wasn't Oscar. Oscar was on the team. That was Lou Alcindor. And what a dominating force. But I, I don't know if there's a wrong answer here with this. I think it's, 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 it's interesting, and it makes you... I love when people talk about the players who used to play. That's my favorite part of this, is that we don't forget. I got into this discussion argument with uh, Chris Mannix, who covers the NBA for Sports Illustrated, and I said, look, Russell Westbrook is a far greater athlete than Rick Barry. Far greater. I mean, not a better basketball player. That's all. And we get caught up in, all oh, this guy, he couldn't survive today. This guy, if he played back then. I'm just telling you what these people did when they played. And Rick Barry was one of the great scorers in the history of the game. And he won an NBA championship for a Golden State team that wasn't packed full of stars. They had Jamal Wilkes. That was their big name on that team. I... It's a, fun, it's a fun discussion only for the sole reason that we talk about guys that you never got to see. Um, you know, just, I never want people to forget about Jerry West. Uh, I, I just, he, he, was, he was great. He just didn't, he didn't win championships. If he did, then it would be different. Uh, Pete Maravich was a wonderful player. Now, was he a great player? Not in the NBA. But he was fascinating to watch. Bill Walton, if he was healthy, could have turned out to be as good a big man, maybe the best big man of all time. He understood the game. He played selfishly. That Portland team is my favorite team of all time when they won the title. They lost the first two to Philadelphia and Dr. J. They came back and swept him in four. It is the purest basketball I ever saw. The Blazers with Jack Ramsey. They didn't have stars. Mo Lucas. Johnny Davis, Dave Twardzik. They, they just had Bobby Gross. They, they had a great team. And Larry Steele, that's what made it so much fun to watch a team that beat a team of Hall of Famers in the 76ers. Yeah, Paul. The two players that it bothers me because of my age and the fact that the NBA wasn't really televised in the late 70s or mid 70s, not getting to see Dr. J, Julius Irving in his prime, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I saw Julius Irving when he was on the last third of his career. Still a very good player, but the Sixers. But I remember thinking to myself, eh, a little too much fuss. Because what I saw was, you know, I was more into Barkley. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you saw him with the Lakers. He was still very good, but he wasn't the best player in the league. So unfortunately, those are, that was a cutoff when I started watching those two guys. Yeah, I just go back to when uh, Alcindor came into the box. And it was just different. That was a true two-way player in modern basketball, and he was dominating. Lucas in Virginia. Hi, Luke. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dave. I'm, I'm like yourself. The goat talk, it, it's, it goes on too much. 
but you bring up a point to me, and I agree, Michael Jordan is not the greatest college basketball player of all time. Watching the highlights, I'm only 26, so I, was, I didn't get to see some of these great players. But I've got to agree, Al Sindor, far none, was the best and most dominant college player. So when we talking, when we say the best basketball player of all time, are we combining college and pro? Are we just saying just a pro career? Because if that's the case, Al Sindor is the greatest ever. The way he backed it up from UCLA to the Bucks and so forth, where Michael didn't, in your eyes, in, at UNC. Yeah, I mean, Michael won the title there at North Carolina. If just, you know, my argument, if you're the best college basketball player of all time, how can you have a year when you weren't even the best player on your own team? And James Worthy was the college basketball player of the year. It, it's not a knock against Michael. It's just applying some logic to the situation here. And, you know, Michael's had this resurgence. You know who benefited from the last dance? Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen's up on the list. Is Scotty top 30, maybe? Yeah, McLovin. I thought the same thing. I didn't remember his vicious dunks on like Patrick Ewing, that he was so physically imposing at that time. I'm trying to think here where Scotty Pippen is. Pippen is 21st. 21st. So let me give you the people behind Scotty Pippen. Elgin Baylor. Once again, I saw Elgin at the end of his career. He'd had knee surgery, and he was nowhere near what he once was. Great college player and a great basketball player for the Lakers. Uh, Barkley. David Robinson is behind Scottie Pippen. Kawhi Leonard, Dwayne Wade, the Greek Freak, John Stockton, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash, Isaiah Thomas, James Harden, John Havlicek. Um, Scottie benefited, you know, I think from the last dance. Is he better than Barkley? Uh, I can't roll with that one. I think Barkley's drastically underrated as a player because he's so entertaining off the court. Yeah. It, that underrates his career. He was a phenomenon Scotty at 6'5". won. Scotty won. But if, if, we're, if we're taking away resume, like you said, if we're taking away basketball playing ability and carrying a team, yeah. Charles Barkley was able to do that. Well, Scotty took a team that should have gone to the NBA Finals, a bad call yeah. by uh, Hugh Hollins against the Knicks, and Scotty with a 50, they won 57 games that year without Michael. <gasps> they won 57 without Michael? How's that possible? Yes, McLovin. Is he better than David Robinson? See, I, then I get into these damn arguments where I'm, I, 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 I love the Admiral. Scotty was a spectacular all-around player. Spectacular. But do I think he's the 21st best basketball player of all time? I don't. If, if I'm building my team, how many of these guys do you individually would you pick out if you said you were going to build your team and you got one guy? Now, obviously, Michael and LeBron, Kareem, uh, you could make a case for Magic and Bird, Kobe, Shaq, uh, Elijah Wan, even Steph Curry in today's game. Uh, would I build around Dirk Nowitzki? Would I build around Kevin Garnett, Charles Buck? You know, that, does that change the argument here, the discussion? Am I building around Scottie Pippen? And the answer is no, you're not. But Scottie, was, he was great. He was great in understanding his role with Michael. I mean, Iverson was, see, they, they're just so many great players. I mean, it's just, 
But I, I, I will accept this list begrudgingly. Accept it. If it means accept it. we talk about these players that people didn't get to see. Or we remember, if it forces you to go back and say, well, let me see what he's talking about with Rick Barrett. And you go back and watch some of the highlights there. Okay, great. Then mission accomplished. Moses Malone, 18th on the list. He was a beast. Absolute beast. Couldn't jump, didn't run, wasn't a great shooter, but you had an offensive rebound to get, a putback, he was doing it. And I remember when he came out of high school and he was going to the ABA. Like, we wanted to see Moses Malone because he was a big deal. Dr. J was a bad dude, man. Golly, there's just so many, so many on there. So many. Yeah, Paul. You know, the one thing I've always felt a little bad for David Robinson's place in history because a couple things hurt him. He missed his first two years, he was in the service. So he didn't start till he's 24. But, and then he hurt his back. And so some of his best years in the public eye, he was not the same David Robinson. He was still on a very good team, but Tim Duncan became the focal point. He became the second best player. But if in his prime, there's a six year stretch where he had a season, David Robinson, where he averaged 30 points, 11 rebounds. Five assists and three blocks yeah. and two steals. Yeah. He was the most complete player in the entire NBA, but it, it, he was out there with San Antonio and it was not getting enough coverage. Well, because Duncan won titles yes. is how he's up on this list because playing in a smaller market, a guy who didn't do commercials, who was not there to do interviews, he was sort of the. the he won more than John Stockton did, but their approach to the game and being a star was, a, was the same. Stockton didn't care. He couldn't care less about being interviewed. He didn't care about you know, getting any kind of star treatment. He just wanted to play and win. And the Admiral was the same way. The first time I met him at the Naval Academy, like he just had this humility to him. Um, Mike in Florida joins us. Hey, Mike, what do you have for me? Hey, Dan, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> I know how you love these lists, right? I yeah. mean, you're so into this type of thing. Yeah. I, I was thinking that we could somehow mold together the hot guy draft with this list and have, like, the best-looking NBA player guy instead. You know, I think Rick Fox is a one T for sure. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't do another list here, Mike. Handsome NBA player draft? No, I can't do that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually... Knee deep in the nuts and bolts of the history of the game. Yes, McLovin. Kendall Gill, easy on the eyes. Good haircut. <laughs> I never got the answer to your question. You're talking about regular oh. season NBA MVP who didn't play in the finals? Yeah, who never played in a finals game. So Steve Nash is one. According to this Twitter user, yes. Oh, okay. And then who? Uh, give me a hint on the other one, then I'll take a break. I'll tell you after the break when I look it up. For you the don't time. even know, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, more phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. And uh, Twitter handle at DP Show. You can watch on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Take a break. Back after this on The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. And McLovin left me hanging here earlier today. He sent me this trivia question from a fan. 
Steve Nash, one of two players, NBA history, to have been named regular season MVP and not play in an NBA championship game. The other one, and then McLevin didn't give me the other one. I go, well, wait a minute. It's a nice trivia question, but you got to have the answer for me. Well, blame the fans. I think I have it. Um, Do you want to give me a hint? I'll give you a hint. Like, his career never really blossomed the way it should have because of injuries. Is he still playing? Yes. Okay. Has he been on the show? Yeah, I think he has been on the show. Yes, he he definitely has. Okay. Is he with the team that he was drafted by? No, okay. no, and he hasn't been for a little while. Okay. Is he a guard, point guard? Yeah, yeah, point guard. Derrick Rose. Yeah. Derrick Rose. Oh, boy. But th- that's because of injuries, right? We yeah. don't know how his career would have unfolded. Man, he had a, he had a great start. He, that was a whole different – like when you watched him play, like you were going, wow, okay. That's a little different here. Um, now, Giannis hasn't played in the finals, right? That's true. Oh, that's true. Okay. So that, oh, gosh. Okay. All right. Well, it, it started out as a decent trivia question. <laughs> uh, Paulie just sent me – okay, opening open during segment, not before – Scroll down. These are the instructions. Did you guys get this from Paulie? Yes. Okay. All right. (laughs) They can't hear your head shake on radio. (laughs) All right. Oh, the Rams, the Rams uniforms. Okay. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, they're very bright. The helmet is the new school. It, it's it, it's kind of an old school, new school combo. It's like this late 70s uniforms glammed up. I'm going to go thumbs up on this. I, I'm going to give them a thumbs up. I know we've been banging on the Rams a little bit here. Um, Seton, what do you think? Well, I'm going to uh, just to give you the alternate um, opinion. Okay. And someone on... <laughs> on Twitter described these as these are the uniforms you'd see in a commercial where a Best Buy employee has a dream sequence about a, being a football player who tackles wow. low, low prices. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go okay on these. I'm going to go thumbs up. Yes, Todd? I like the blue ones in particular with the yellow pants. I think those are pretty cool looking. Yeah, I like it. I like old it. school about that. Yeah. They got that new horn on them, though, on the helmet. Got it all up. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to look. And did you see the the numer numers the, the numerals and the numbers? You get numers there. Uh, it goes from the gold, and then it sort of tapers off to a a lighter, almost whiter part of the bottom part of the uh, jersey number. Yeah, Seaton. So how does that? How does the tapered part work on this situation, but not for the Jaguars helmet, where it sort of tapers into a different color? Well, I don't like the the, the actual colors that they have. Yeah, that's true. And plus, the Jags aren't any good, so that that hurts. Also, factors. Yeah. I, it is amazing though. If you're good, that will somehow like those creamsicle uniforms with Tampa Bay when they first brought those and started playing, they were horrible. The team was. Therefore, we made fun of the creamsicle. And I think Tampa Bay took it personally and went, okay, we're going we're gonna to retire the creamsicle. Well, you can bring back the sickle because now you got Tommy in town and those uniforms are going to look a whole lot better. All right, so the uh, Ram uniforms, I'm okay with it. 
Somebody's got to say something nice about the Rams. What bothers you, Paulie? Well, uh, there's something I'm confused about. On the Rams uniforms, on the shoulder, there's a thing that says, Lo- a patch that says Los Angeles Rams, in case you're confused on what team they were. It says Los Angeles Rams. I don't know if this is going to be a permanent little mm. logo on the shoulder, the front shoulder of the uniform that says Los Angeles Rams, or is that a holding s- stitch for the new sponsor? Well, we are headed in that direction. Yeah. That is, that is for sure. I mean, like SoFi is going to be sponsoring the SoFi Rams. Likely. Uh, let me see. Ruben in California. Ruben, what do you have for me today? I don't know. I just just said there. Thank you, Ruben. Got a bad connection there. Uh, Anthony in Florida joins us. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Dan. Dan, it's first time, uh, long time. Six one, two sixty one. Uh, Dan, I'm a little little younger than you by about nine years, so I started watching Pro Ball 75-76, big Dr. J's head. So if we're going to exclude Michael from the list, I would say Dr. J, Larry Bird, Kareem, and Stephon Curry solely for the outside shooting. And the other three were, I mean, they were bad guys. I mean, they were bad. You know what? Yeah. And they could fight. They were physical. Guys today are a little soft. So I think in their prime, Bird, Magic, Dr. J, and uh, Kareem, or I'm sorry, Bird, Dr. J, Kareem, in their prime. Okay. I don't see any people from today really touching them prime for prime. Yeah, I mean, we were cheated by Bird, you know, the, the bad back. You know, Larry had less than a 10-year career. I mean, he inflicted a lot of damage on people during that time frame. And there for a while, there was three consecutive years where he was the best player in the NBA. But then bad back took over. You know, you look at Larry's best year. Look at LeBron's best year. Look at Larry's best year. And I think you'd be surprised if I said Larry was better. Up until that point. I think up until they were 30, Larry was a better player in their career. Uh, But LeBron has blown past Larry. Yeah, Paul. Larry Bird's final healthy season. He was 31 years old. He averaged 30 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and a block. And he shot uh, 42% from 3. What did he shoot from the field? Uh, 53%. Yeah. Is LeBron still shooting at a higher percentage than Michael Jordan? Just shooting percentage, not from 3? No, just shooting percentage. Total shooting percentage. Because you would think Michael... Mostly mid-range jumpers and dunks. Just to compare, LeBron James at 31 years old, same as Bird. He averaged 25 points, 7.5 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal and a block. Yeah. I mean, Larry was better at that age. LeBron is a better basketball player. You know, once he got into his 30s, you know, LeBron separated himself from quite a few people here. Um let me see. Monty in Kansas. Hey, Monty, we got a scoreboard winner for uh, Fritzy's uh, scoreboard contest. Matt in Virginia will have the numbers here coming up. Hey, Monty, how are you? Good. First time, long time. 5'11", 190. Wanted to weigh in on the uh, – Paulie mentioned not being able to see Dr. J when he was in his prime, and I grew up in uh, Denver, Colorado, mm. a huge ABA fan, and the ABA had some great players. Uh, David Thompson, George McGinnis, George Gervin, Artis Gilmore. 
And I saw Dr. J a lot in his prime, and he was far and away the best basketball player I've ever seen. Uh, his hands were huge. He could jump out of the gym, and he just knew what was going on. Well, thank you, Monty. I appreciate that. See, this is what's good about the list, that we have people who saw some of these guys play in their prime. I don't want to be the get-off-my-lawn radio guy, but <laughs> I certainly sound like that. I want you to get on my lawn. I don't want you to get off my lawn. Get on my lawn, have a beer, folding chair, and I'll fire up the Traeger. Get on my lawn. But yeah, Dr. J was, that was something new to the NBA. Well, ABA, then the NBA. Uh, Kenny in Ohio. Hi, Kenny. What do you have for me? Hey there, Dan. First time, long time. On a five nine question mark on the weight. Okay. Uh, wanted to bring up Carmelo Anthony. You know, he was one of the top. You know, he was a top five scorer for ten years. I don't know how artist Gilmore is on that list, but Carmelo's not. Um, in addition to him, you have Hakeem, who really dominated Shaq in the nineties and Shaq really had no other dominant centers after Ewing Robinson and Hakeem retired. I really don't know how Hakeem is, um, other than Shaquille. Yeah. Hakeem's my favorite center. You know, I think Abdul Jabbar is the most dominating. But if if you said watching a center play the position at a high level, uh, Hakeem was always that. And he's a wonderful, he was a wonderful person. Uh, you know, Walton played it as purely as possible. Um, and Kareem, to me, was unstoppable. Shaq was just a force that was, you thought Wilt was a force, and then Shaq came in. Um, and, you know, Shaq could run the floor, too. No, it's it's there's just so many names in here, and it's great because I, I was fortunate to watch you know the Cincinnati Royals. You know they were in Cincinnati, obviously, but not for a long time. And it, it's a more of a college basketball town than an NBA town. But I got to go, and I had friends who had cars, and uh, to drive me to see the Cincinnati Royals, even on a school night. And to be able to watch these teams, so the Lakers, the late, you know, the Laker greats with Jerry West coming to town, the Knicks with that magical, those magical teams, uh, the Bullets, Earl the Pearl Monroe, Maravich came to town, uh, Chicago Bulls with Bob Love and Chet Walker. And to be able to see them and see them in person, and it just, and I always had great seats because there was nobody there. We'd sneak in three hours before the game started. And I, I shot hoops with some of the uh, bullets, Baltimore bullets back then. Mike Reardon, uh, when the, the Atlanta Hawks came to town. Like, it was just, it was magical. You were able to watch these great players. Not many people there watching them in Cincinnati. And then the Royals eventually went to Kansas City. Uh, but, and I had, I got to see Nate Archibald. And, and if you want to talk about somebody having a great season, like Nate had one of the great seasons of all time. Last place team, he led the league in scoring an assist. That's hard to do. You know, because you think if you're a last place team, you don't have anybody to throw the ball to. And Nate Archibald, he was 5'10", probably 155. And he went left every single time. Every single time. He couldn't be stopped. So you have those memories, and that's what's great. If, if we're talking about 
these players and, and remembering how great they were. That's, that's what's so much fun. Sonny in Alabama. Hey, Sonny, what do you have for me? Hey, man. Uh, got up my brother-in-law. He played at Alabama and played against uh, Pistol Pete. Said uh, he would come down court. He was guarding. He was a point guard at Alabama. Uh, Jimmy Holland, and uh, he said Pete would come down, cross half court, and just put it up, put 69 on him with no three-point line. Yeah, you know, at the time, and we would get the SEC game of the week, and it was usually Kentucky playing somebody. And I remember Kentucky had great players, and then Maravich would get his 40, 45, and they LSU would lose. And Kentucky knew this. Kentucky was like, Maravich's going to get his. Doesn't matter. We're going to win the game. And that's usually what happened there. Uh, Mike in Minnesota. Hey, Mike, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Five ten, one eighty. All right. Uh, sitting in my house for the last few months, but I've been concerned and wondering about what's going to happen if there is no college football and no. NFL football, who's going to determine or how are they going to determine who gets the first overall pick and who will be the first overall pick? Well, I think we're going to have football. I mean, that is a really big hypothetical. Um, I, I'm going to guess we're having pro football. I think it's going to start later. I still believe that first month is in doubt. And then we'll take those four games and put them at the back end of the schedule. But I... I don't know how they would do who gets the what would be the draft order. Yeah, McLovin. I mean, that in that hypothetical, the Bengals would have to look at Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, I know they wouldn't, <laughs> but it is it's an amazing hypothetical. Oh, God. We got a little bit of time before we get there. Uh, George in Arizona. Hi, George. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. How you doing? Good, sir. Herm Edwards here at Arizona State, my school. He uh, said uh, there are 100 players on his side, 100 players on the other side, 50 ancillary people, 50 ancillary. That's almost 400 people per game. How do you transport them carefully? What do you do? Test them? Uh, I don't don't know, George. I really don't. And people think that I'm weaponizing this uh, coronavirus. You know, people chat row saying, you know, I'm getting political. I, I... I'm just like you. I have questions. I have doubts. I have concerns. I want everybody to go back to normal. I want sports to come back. I hope it comes back. I'd love to be wrong that I'm overly you know, cautious here. Love to be wrong. If it goes away tomorrow, I will shout from the mountaintops. I apologize. But all I know is when we first got word of this and I came on the air and said... If this is going to mirror what is happening in Italy, we are in trouble. That's it. I, I just, it's been a long two months for everybody here. I do not talk politics. I don't. I try not to. But that doesn't stop me from talking what I believe or common sense, or if I talk to somebody and I have information here, I have no agenda. I'm not here to change you, your political beliefs. I just want to talk about it in a way that we can talk about it. Instead of, as soon as I say, oh, well, we know how he voted. You don't know. 
And that's not what this is about. I'm not trying to win any argument here. Well, you're president or you're... I, 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 I don't care about that. As God is my witness, I could not care less about that. And even if I was talking politics, I can't change your politics. Nobody's ever changed their politics when somebody is telling them their side. And then you eventually go, oh, you know what? On second thought, you like people you agree with. And vice versa. That's all this is. So if, if you want to, you're weaponizing this. I'm not. If you want to make this about politics, that's on you, not on me. I just want to understand the entire picture here. This has nothing to do with the president, in my opinion. No matter who the president is. And I want you to know this so we can stop with the rhetoric where it's, you know, politics, you're weaponizing this. Just stop. I, I, I won't allow it. I'll allow discussion. And if I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit it. I'd love to be wrong where we can come back where we can go to restaurants, where people who have been out of work, I would love for that to happen and go back to being the best country in the world. All of those things. If not, ESPN's got to keep coming up with these damn lists so I have something to talk about every single day. <laughs> we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Scoreboard winner, Fritzy scoreboard winner. He puts up numbers every morning here in the man cave, 6 and 91. Tell us uh, what the 6 is for, Todd. The clue for six is the man knows how to hit. All right. 91, it's you won't be bored around him. All right. Give us the answer. Six is Stan the Man Musial, eighth to reach 3,000 hits on this date in history, 1958. He wore jersey number six. On May 13th, 1961, Dennis Rodman was born. You won't be bored around him as in a rebound, as in grabbing a board. He wore... One of the jerseys he wore was 91, at least, with the Bulls. All right. Thank you, Todd. This day in sports history, Paulie? Uh, got a few, Dan. Mickey Mantle in 1955 hit three consecutive home runs. He never hit four in a row in a game. Reggie Jackson in 1983 became the first major league player to strike out 2,000 times. Wayne Gretzky in 1989 was a guest host on Saturday Night Live. And in 1996, is a bad one, O.J. Simpson appeared on British TV to discuss his not guilty verdict. Mm. His first interviews after being mm. uh, acquitted, I guess. I think those home runs by Mickey Mantle were like over 400 feet. I think all three of those were tape measure jobs there. A couple of phone calls in here. Nick in Idaho. Hi, Nick. What do you have for me today? ADP uh, 63190. Just really quick, wanted to go back to Paulie's comments about uh, Charles Barkley being such a dominant force in the NBA and how the last dance has kind of brought that back to light. But has his personality on TV kind of overshadowed that? And to compare it to other sports, Nick Faldo in golf and Johnny Miller or uh, Chris Collinsworth in the NFL, just curious to hear your thoughts. What, do you think their personalities on TV have overshadowed their playing careers? Yeah, in a sense, you kind of forget how dominant they were in their respective sports. Yeah, I think with Charles that, and, and thanks for the phone call, Nick. I, I could see that where 
you know, Barkley, we know him as a personality, and you forget how great he was as a player. Uh, John Madden, how many people remember him as a TV personality and a guy who created the you know Madden football game? You forget about the coach. I think he's the fastest to 100 wins in uh, in football history and NFL history. Uh, Hall of Fame coach. Um, Johnny Miller, before he got the yips, was a spectacular player. Wonderful player. Faldo was one of the great players of all time. Uh, but yeah, and Collinsworth, people forget that Chris for a few years there was, you know, Pro Bowl worthy. I don't know if he was a Pro Bowl wide receiver, but Chris was a dangerous deep threat for the Cincinnati Bengals back then. Uh, very talented. Uh, let me see. Uh, Rick in Florida joins us. Hi, Rick. What do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Good morning. Second time, long time. Yes. Still six. Still six four, but uh, due to Corona, up to two thirty five. All right. Uh, DP, you know, before I get to my li- that listing, one quick thing. You know, when you you and the Danettes were in town, I got to tell you, man, I could have gotten a ticket faster to go see Hamilton than it was to go to your show. Uh, <laughs> I tried all week, couldn't get tickets, man. I, I did go to Eisen, but I couldn't get to Dan Patrick. Um, DP, I agree with something you said earlier about Bill Russell. Listen, there's no way that Bill Russell was a greater player than Will Chamberlain. I think Will Chamberlain should be higher on the list. And my problem with list Dan and, and is when the media brings championships to fit their side of the argument. And I'll give you an example. If Bill Russell was the greatest team champion of all time, you know who number two was? Well, his birthday just passed a couple of days ago. That would be Yogi Berra. But when people talk about who's the greatest catcher in, in MLB history, they don't say, oh, Yogi Berra had 11 championships and three MVPs. No, we all know it's Johnny Ben. So when it's convenient for the media to bring up championships for their side of the argument, they bring up the, the argument. And all the right. same thing goes with, with Dan Marino in football. All right. Well, thank you, Rick. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what is – the criteria here when you come up with these lists. And and as long as I know what is being voted upon or factored in, I'm fine with that. And they're they're just lists. Can't take them so seriously, Todd. What did you learn today, Todd? Tom Brady didn't appreciate Mike Vrabel waving his arms, flailing open. Tom should be throwing the ball to him. McLovin? Manic said that Russell Westbrook would beat Rick Barry one on one. No way. Seaton. Mike Vrabel lives in a frat house. Head coach of the Raptors, Nick Nurse, on the program tomorrow. Talk to you then.